Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase the people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know that we need so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens. In these diversity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, the Talent Surgery, the Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of them all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me for more information to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through my LinkedIn or at nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness for the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today, we are joined by Mia Pavola, the Senior Onboarding Manager, soon to be Associate Product Manager of Plio Technologies. Now, Plio is a growing fintech company dedicated to creating smart credit cards to your business and giving power to your people. Mia is passionate about innovation, entrepreneurship, and culture, and she's here today to share her story with us at a very exciting time in her life. So, uh, Mia, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. This is very exciting. Yeah, I can't wait to hear all about your story. So, before we go into you, it'd be great if you could give us a bit more of an understanding about Plio Technologies and what you do. Sure. So Plio is not only about credit cards. Um, we are a company expense management solution. So what we're trying to do is actually save a lot of time from companies, employees, CFOs, and finance teams to really not start uh, stop spending time on spreadsheets and doing reimbursements, but actually giving the power to um, those those employees to really spend um, the company money when they need to, when they travel, with their subscriptions, with anything, to just ease up the admin life and really focus on, on what they actually do for work. Um, and we do it for the employees, for the, the carts. We do it for the finance teams to not use that much time to review and reimburse, but also to give more transparent view of the company spending. Uh, so we're solving so many, so many problems of, of the whole company. So that's been super exciting to see how how Plio has already evolved within the one year that I've I've been with them. Well, that that certainly sounds um, really interesting because you're talking about reducing time on admin, saving people money, uh, improving efficiencies and transparency. So it it, it sounds like uh, something that we we're all after at the moment, especially now. Um, I want to change the questioning now, so a bit more about you, um, your journey to Plio, and especially right now, the fact that you are moving your role and creating a new position for yourself in product. So it'd be great to hear all about that. Yeah, and it starts very weirdly because I can see myself many years ago saying that I would never work in finance, I would never work in, in, in fintech. But somehow I, I found myself there. So I actually got in an internship program for a Finnish bank. 
which was um, the lucky charm for my whole, the career point that I'm in now, um, where Christian and OP Lab, my, my former manager, um, he really pushed me to see what fintech can be and how fun it can be. So it's not about just sitting in office looking at spreadsheets or Excel. It's it's a lot of other things like user experience. It's about innovation, how to really get deep on the question, why do people do certain things? Um, so after that, being in like large corporations, but also like really small startups, I found myself um, at Plio. And becoming that um, and becoming a customer success manager at Clio was behind a longer journey of what did I want to do. So I went through creating innovation programs for a bank, but also being a, in analytics, but also make creating MVPs. So kind of like all over the place, but always having this great relationship with customers, no matter where or what I did. Um, so I think that's what really made me realize what made Plio quite important and, and really exciting is because we really listen to our customers and we, we always try to do our best for that. And my position as a customer onboarding and customer success manager was half of that, making sure our customers are super happy and also that we listen to their feedback and listen to their worries, but also we can, I could create fun project and really make an effort on where we could actually fine tune but also create whole new things um so i think nowadays when i speak to other people that are like finance is boring i'm like stop yeah, right yeah. there let me tell what it actually could be yeah it sounds so much fun like the way that you you talk about it. it's all about creation innovation it's this um this it's almost sort of artistic compared to what people per perceive fintech and finance to be binary, you know, and it's not like you, you're all about looking forward and, and changing that focus. So, you know, what, what I really love about your story is how you've come to this role, but now that you're actually shifting your focus within the business, they've given you the opportunity to do that, which is fantastic. So, so tell us a little bit about why you decided to do this shift of focus to product. I think overall, um, like for multiple years, I've always listened to feedback, issues, problems. And as a customer success person, you can have a real deep impact with uh, customers by having a call and having one-to-one face-to-face meetings. Uh, but what I noticed is I really love processes and, and I have this like nerdy side inside of me <laughs> where I really want to get to the nitty gritty and solve problems inside the technology uh, and working with very diverse teams where it's like where engineers and, and designers and, and product manager together try to really solve issues that quite sometimes be quite complex. Um, so that has always been drawing. I've been always been drawn to, to those use cases. And I feel that a product manager role especially is, is both as well. You will never stop talking with customers because that is also very important. You always need to know what your customers want at the moment. But then you get that nerdy side where you can like really uh, get those lovely uh, insights and, and results with a more scalable way. Um, mm -hmm. So hopefully in my, in my future role, I could actually do that 
Um, but we'll see. We'll see how the next six months go. And it's just, it's such a great story. And yeah, we should definitely do another podcast in six months or a year to see how you're getting on. Because I think there's also this perception within the community, well, from outside the community, about the community of fintech, that there isn't this sort of um, diagonal moves. You know, I often call this triple jumping, being able to move within your company to the role that is actually the best suited for you, your personality, your ability and, and the, the direction in which you can learn. So it's such a great story to hear that. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about was um, about culture creation. I know that's something that you're really passionate about. So I want you to share it with us. Um, so yeah, culture in, in companies has always been a very important part of me. But from a young age, I always was the one who was cooking, baking so much that our family couldn't even eat it all and, and kind of like just creating things to make people come together. Um, so like in my personal life, it's just like hosting parties, dinner parties, everything, just to bring like different kinds of people um, enjoy and, and break the barrier of, of talking to each other. Because especially in a, in a scaling company like, like we are at the moment at Clio, it's so hard to keep that same culture as it was when it was a super small company. So there's the question, how can we keep the same culture when we, when we grow? And in my opinion, the answer is the, the culture will never be the same. It will never be the same as you are in a, in a 10 person company because it's different. Um, so from that perspective, I really started to, vision and, and see, for example, in the London office, um, which is our uh, smaller office with like 20, 25 people, that if no one takes care and, and kind of like doesn't even try to organize anything, things kind of like fall out of hand and people in London are overall super busy. And, and there's always differences between headquarters and, and remote offices that are in certain places. So we also need to remind us, ourselves that it's okay having different cultures in different offices because it's a, it's a country thing, uh, but it's also like around the people. So in, Lon in the London office, we started just having a, a different kind of thing. So let's have a, like having drinks one night, but also we have different activity. Like we created like, um, Christmas tree decoration, like just creating like children doing like artsy stuff. Yeah, love But it actually brings a lot of people together. Um, so that's where it all started. Um, but then our people operations, people ops, our pops that we, nice. we call them, <laughs> um, they got this amazing idea with our uh, CEO and, and leadership that we need to really listen. Um, what our employees are thinking. Uh, so all of our employees, they could say and vote for people that they feel are culture creators that have important and, and place in the company, mm. who, could, who you want to speak with or who could actually take those problems that we have, for example, in our culture sometimes and try to fix them. So we selected six or seven culture carriers in the company. And it's been quite amazing to see that I was very proud that I was chosen to be one of them. Yay, congrats. Uh, but also, 
also a lot of other people like we had one remote from Canada, uh, okay. Copenhagen office, German office. Um, right. so, so a good mix all over because that's what you need. You cannot be just culture carriers from the same office, same perspective. And that has been the most exciting part of our discussion. So we try to meet at least once in, a, um, in two weeks and discuss kind of like, what have we heard from other people? Something happened, maybe like, how has Corona affected uh, our employees? Um, and the, the thing is like, some people are like, wow, I didn't even know that you guys were, were having those kind of thoughts in that office. Or I didn't know that remotes were thinking like that because we live our lives in the, in the place we are. And that's why we sometimes need to jump on someone else's shoes. But it's hard if you don't share those thoughts. And the culture carriers, the group that we have, actually gives that opportunity to really speak about those things very clearly and honestly. Um, and, and then taking the actions uh, and taking those ideas and solutions to our leadership directly. So there is a nice bridge uh, between the culture and the cool things we can create um, to the leadership and, and kind of like bouncing back ideas. And it has, it's, it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. it, it, definitely, it definitely sounds so. And I think the bit that I absolutely love about that is how you explained that you've got, um, you've got each of these individuals that are all from different offices and from different backgrounds, they've all got different perspectives. And I love how you're really highlighting the fact that the powerfulness of this group is because there's people from so many different backgrounds and in different places. Um, and that kind of takes me on to my next question because you, as you know, I'm super passionate about inclusion within the FinTech industry. I'm a massive, massive champion for action and I know you are too. So I wanted you just to tell us a little bit about what you think about the state of inclusion within the industry at the moment. I think at the moment um, it is changing slowly. What I've seen is that especially the fintech community has taken it, it, it quite well. And we are, em we are embracing the thoughts of, of like we need to be very equal and we want to hire the best. And especially in fintech startups and scale-ups, that's super important. You want the best people to join in your company because those are the ones who will take you to the next step. I think sometimes when we are recruiting and choosing those people, uh, we can sometimes try harder. So sometimes if we, if we find a person, um, we, we always need to think, is, is this the best? Is this the best we can, we can get? And, and there the, the diversity becomes um, a thing. We, we don't want to, or, I wouldn't want to hire anyone just because of their, um, that they bring diversity to the company. They also need to be the best. But that's the question. If you haven't found diversity in the company, you haven't tried hard. Like you need to try hard to get that um, as well because there are so many powerful, amazing women in the industry that have amazing skills. And overall, what I've noticed that women sometimes are better leaders. And I think there's a lot of results and, and research about that as well, where we as women have more empathy and, and we can take actions and steps that are not 180 always. They're, they are fine tuning our, our mission and actions to make people 
that we manage to be better as well. So I feel that um, in the industry, we could definitely create opportunities, but we also need to like raise women who, who are great somehow in, in a network or what you're doing, which is amazing, just to give the opportunity of finding those women a bit easier and, and taking them to the pipeline of, could this be the, the next person uh, that could bring our company to the next level. So I think there's, there's a good level and we have that thought, but I think we can plant the seed a bit more deeper. Uh, so every time we recruit, we think, is this the best person? Did I try hard enough to try and, and have that diversity uh, with the great skills? Uh, so hopefully in a few years, we'll be there. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Like the, the look harder concept is something that's really, you know, it really stays with me. Um, that, you know, and me as a recruiter, it's my responsibility to help people see what's actually out there. So rather than like you having to look harder, I need to show you more clearly, you know, that, that's my, that's what gets me really excited. But I love what you said there. And I'm really, really pleased with, with the fact that, you know, you, you see the things are moving forward and, and they are, it's just, uh, as you know me, I want it just to speed up quicker. Oh, just to, to uh, continue on that a bit is um, the, the argument that I've heard so many times uh, um, when it's a board of a company. There is always this recommendation like, yeah, you need to have 50% of women in the board. But then I hear this argument saying, but there are no women that would be suitable. I'm like, how can you think that? Of course, if you just go to your, uh, your club uh, or, <laughs> or, and see, see people around you, of course you won't find them there because it's your buddies. You're, you're just looking at their, uh, and you ask them, well, do you know anyone? Mm. Like we need to be a bit more, <laughs> we're smart people, all of us. Like it doesn't take a, a genius to actually just maybe look from LinkedIn. There's so many tools to find that from now on. Mm. So I think that argument is like long dead. Uh, so if anyone, I hear someone saying that, I, I'm always like, let's have a think first. Yeah, excellent. And I think if, if everyone listening to this could take that a bit of advice where you just don't let people talk like that and you you really stand for what's right i think we start shifting the, the needle and start moving things forward so i love what you said there so it takes me on to my my last question um back to pleo and what's next on the horizon um i know you've got some big plans only some of them you're allowed to share with us so whatever you can share let's hear it so very exciting stuff happening at Plio. I'm I'm very excited, especially with my new role where I can I can be a part of, of creating something. But um, our new partnership with a um, payments processing company called Enfuse is very exciting because that opens up a lot of doors. We are um, so happy to be partners with someone that has a very good infrastructure where we can trust and we can create things together. So one good example is that we now offer Plio commercial cards and how they actually work. They're not um, prepaid cards. So the card machines, when you use it, they actually recognize it as credit cards, which means that our customers can use it in car rentals. They can use it in um, Google ads, Facebook ads. So you can imagine how many companies are doing digital advertising nowadays, not maybe just ad companies, but everyone. 
So how would that feel if um, you could just take everything in one card and see it very clearly and transparently? What did you use for that merchant per month? It's, it's amazing. Um, and we have a great partnership with uh, a lot of accounting companies, for example, Zero, and with them creating again and again better futures to really upgrade the user experience is great. And I always need to remind myself that how amazing designers we have, where we go on really far away of what is comfortable and just trying to think, how would this actually look like from a customer's eyes? And we have a great new brand that really talks to me as a fintech geek. Uh, but I, I've heard that it also speaks to a lot of our customers. So I think there's so many exciting things happening in the expense management uh, solutions. And if, if anyone listens to this and if you're really still doing Excel spreadsheets or reimbursements, think again. It's, it's time to actually uh, have a smart solution and really cut the time from spending one day of just creating like weird reports to it to be one to two hours per week. So a lot of things happening, a lot of things I can't say, but I can, I can yeah. say that I'm, and all of us are super excited about that. Well, it all sounds brilliant. And, um, you know, I've got to say, this has been such a great, great story to hear like your journey, but also the company's journey and how excited you are about, about what you're doing. It's such a great advert for, for, for what the company's doing and for the industry. So I thank you for sharing it with us. Um, and you've given us some really good takeaways. You know, it's uh, that message of look harder. Um, don't, don't stand for the status quo and just accept that people are saying they can't find, they can't find a more gen gender balanced application process. Um, and I'm a massive advocate of that as well. Um, but everything that you have shared about your future growth plans. I know that that's not even the tip of the iceberg of what, what you guys are planning to do, but thank you for sharing it with us. And it's been great getting to know you on the podcast series. So thank you so much, Mia. Of course, it was a pleasure. And any ideas, anything, you can always contact me. Um, I'm always happy to share what we're doing, but always interested to kind of like benchmark that, and uh, that how other companies are doing it, because, um, you don't want to in invent uh, everything from scratch again and again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on the episode. Thank you, Nadia.